Henry decided to start the podcast by screaming very loudly in a room alone. Management has decided that that was a poor choice, and will instead play a soothing noise. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And uh, my name is Frightened John. And together we're Henry and Frightened John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. Labor Day weekend just happened, John. We took three days, some of us took four days, to bask in the glory that is one day off a year and uh i'm just yeah i've got i've kind of got like vacation post vacation blues where it's like i liked my vacation and i didn't want it to stop but it stopped and now i'm very tired so i had a an experience that i've had many times where i have a vacation and it's fun uh but then i give myself like an extra day at the end where i'm like this is the day where i'll be productive and do things and like get myself ready for the coming week. And it's always just the day where I just kind of feel sad. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then just work and everything. You think you're doing Yeah. You think you're doing yourself a favor because you're like, I'll get a recovery day from my vacation. But what you're really doing is this is the day that I mourn the end of my vacation and face the realities that my life is an endless cycle of going to work to earn paychecks to pay for vacations. Yeah, so we had Labor Day, and then we, I had a Dread Day. Yeah, Dread the Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, Judge Dread. Um, yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird Labor Day. If you can't tell, and you're listening to the podcast, our energy level is uh, very low. Yeah, I'm not sure. Know. We're both I'm, in a weird place. Not sure if you could, you could tell. Anything from the method I chose to start this episode of the podcast. I don't know if that was like a hint into my feelings at this moment or anything. But yeah, our energy level is down. But you know what's not down, John? What, Henry? My stock of various bubbly beverages. That's right. You know what's not down? The Ooh, bottom, the bottoms aren't down because it's bottoms up. It's bottoms up. We're drinking. I'm drinking this week. I thought I would devy it up a little bit. That's not what that phrase means. <laughs> I don't even know that that's the word you were looking for to use incorrectly. <laughs> Let me just, uh, you know, I, I, I just thought I'd devy it up, you know. <laughs> I'm just going to devin it up a little bit, you know. Pull a real Devin over here. Classic and I, I, Devin. <laughs> classic Devin. Uh, I'm drinking a live oak Hefeweizen 
a Bavarian-style wheat ale from Live Oak Breweries. And I've got a little bit of a summer mix. Each beer is a different a different little summery beverage. I don't know if Hefefei's in the summery, but a light a light summer summer to mark the end of summer. I got some light summer beers, and I'm going to be drinking different ones throughout the podcast. And uh, so we're starting with the Hefeweizen, and they're summer beers, and I'm drinking one right now. And this is my interpretation of a Rick and Morty ad lib. I think that uh, Hefeweizen is absolutely a summer beer. It's like a light kind of vit beer, kind of weedy. I think mm-hmm. a Hefeweizen is totally a summer beer. You chose well. Well, cool. Are you out of Trulies, you bitch? I got tons of Trulies. I just didn't feel like drinking one this week. Oh, I thought you you drank them all on your. You were uh, you were uh, you were uh, you were you were on one of those. You were on a boat, and then you had one of those big pad things that you stretch out behind the boat, so everyone can like lay out on this big filthy pad and take Instagram pictures, and you drank all your Trulies. Is that what you did? John, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we are in the middle of a global fucking pandemic. So I have never even thought about appearing in public with less clothes than is required to enter a grocery store. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but everyone on my Instagram feed disagrees with you because that's what every single person was doing. Uh, I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but I feel stone cold crazy for continuing to take the pandemic seriously i will i will be a little bit honest with you john i this was my parents came in town for the labor day weekend and they wanted to go out and do things because of course they did to them this was a vacation and so i did get the most lax that i've been since the pandemic started while still maintaining social distancing, wearing a mask, and washing my hands frequently, like still adhering to the, the, the general CDC guidelines. But we did pay a visit to the Austin Zoo. We did drive down to Lockhart, Texas to eat some barbecue inside of a restaurant. And we did also eat at another restaurant on its patio. And we did those things Back to back to back. This is the most I've left my apartment since the pandemic started. Now, you went to the Austin Zoo, which is famous for its coughing wolves. They do have wolves. We were not allowed to get near them. That's the thing. They had the wolves roped off in the back, and you could tell the wolves were lonely because they started howling. And as they howled, more wolves around the zoo started to howl with them. It was like a weird walk waking nightmare of wolves and tortoises and foxes, but mostly wolves. Uh, I feel very much uh, if I were to look into a cage full of wolves that were sectioned off from everyone else who had to be who were mandated to be alone while everyone outside of their cage seems to be having a fine time like nothing is wrong, uh, that would be too existentially troubling for me. It was phenomenally weird, John. The whole zoo is one way, and they stagger people's entrances. But the thing is, they don't monitor people after they let them in. And so what ends up happening is everyone ends up bunching up together to see all the attractions in just the exactly wrong way. And you've got these howling wolves. 
You've got tortoises raising their heads above railings to snap at people's hands. And you've got foxes that just walk in circles for no apparent reason. The Austin Zoo, it is an experience. And you know for a fact people looked at those tortoises snapping at hands and they looked at the crowd of, I don't know, 20 to 100 people gathered in front of the tortoises and they thought, yeah, I'd risk death to see this tortoise. It was considerably less people than that, Jeff. Your name's not Jeff. Your name's John. What is happening? (laughs) Considerably less people than that, John. (laughs) Ow, my head. (laughs) I think the most amount of people I might have seen might have hung around 15, but definitely less than 20, and definitely more than 5. That is accurate reporting. Uh, Thank you for that, Jeff. Uh, I am, of course, (laughs) drinking, uh, as we've discussed in recent episodes, I've become a wine guy. Oh, what type of uh, vintage and make and model are you drinking tonight? Oh, let me just uh, let me just cup this wine. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) None of that sounded correct. I uh, I sipped it so hard it aerosolized in my mouth and got up in my nose, uh, which is the right way to do it as a wine guy. This is a Cote de Roses Rosé. A Cote de Rose? Cote de Roses. I believe that stands for Coast of Roses. Okay. A Cote de Rose. Sounds interesting. It is a uh, rosé. What can I say? It's a pink one. Yeah, it's somewhere between a red and a white. Is it fruit forward? Hold on. I'd say so. You know, but I also so... don't know what other kind of forward it could be <laughs> because um, I don't know if yeah. you know this about wine, Henry. Uh, but it's made out of fruit. I have no idea what you're talking about. But I, I happened to make a joke this weekend. We had my parents over in the apartment. Uh, and I, this was the first time we've ever had guests over during the pandemic. Um, but we had my parents over, and my dad is a bit of a wine connoisseur. And I made my usual jokes like, is it fruit forward? And how are the legs? And my dad did something unusual, which is he took my jokes seriously. And so I learned that, John, the legs of the wine, do you know what that is? Uh, Yes, they are just a measure of alcohol content and have nothing to do with the quality of the wine. They are a visual thing you can check, John. That is right. What you do is you swirl your wine in your glass, so much so that some of it sticks to the side. And the legs of the wine are literally the drops that are going back down into the glass. The streaks, if you will. And if it has strong legs, John, the darker the streak it is. If it has light legs, it you know, not as as dark. Those are the legs of the wine. And do you know why they're darker? Because the alcohol evaporates out if it has more alcohol. Oh, that's fine. That's not what he said. He just explained that legs. Legs. Wine has them. Right. Yeah, this is an okay wine. It's pretty good. I don't know. I All wine tastes pretty good to me. Same here. We had a, a number of wines over the weekend. It was kind of the only alcohol that I drank personally. Might have had a cocktail here or there. 
but for the most part, it was wine. And let me tell you, it is very easy for me to stop drinking wine because since it's like 100%, you know, fruit sugar, when I start to get a headache, I'm like, that's enough. Yeah, it is. uh, I don't know how someone can drink a ton of wine personally, Um, but, you know, if they can, more power to them. I prefer to drink things that are made of good old American wheat and corn. Exactly. The more wheat and corn I can support, the more American I am. But you threw up. People say beer, right? That's an antiquated term. I prefer corn seltzer. Corn seltzer. seltzer and corn seltzer. Right. But John, you threw a blatant accusation my way and accused me of being on a boat this weekend. I did. Because. How dare you? Based on my Instagram feed, that is what every single person was doing. And since you're not me, and I can attest that I was not on a boat, even though I tried, my assumption is, of course, that you were on a boat. Now, uh, for those of you who don't know, we live in Austin, meaning if you rented a boat, there's really only one place you could have been. That's right, John. Lake Travis. Or the Colorado River. There's a few different lakes, right? There's like Town Lake, Lake Travis. I believe Town Lake is, is it? I know part of the river is close to boats because of kayakers and paddle boaters, boarders. Oh yeah, Lake Travis. Yeah, you're right. That would make sense. That's kind of the only one you can take like a power boat on. Maybe Town Lake can have boats, but also if you're a person who calls it Town Lake, you're, you're, you're kind of drawing a line in the sand there, John. Now, Town Lake, I believe, is an old Austin thing. Correct. The new Austin thing is to say Ladyburg Lake. Oh, I see. Well, uh, I think that the new new Austin... Oh, my God. Uh, What happened? It's fine. Uh, (laughs) I think that the new new Austin thing should be to say that uh, none of these are lakes. I mean, you're absolutely right. Ladyburg Lake is just a, a wider part of the Colorado River, which feeds into Lake Travis... Yeah, they're like and reservoirs keeps... and estuaries, right? Yeah, correct. I'm, I just Googled real quick boats on Town Lake, and I can't... Oh, boat rentals on Ladyburg Lake. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Looks like you can boat. Donut boats. Boater suppression. <laughs> Stand-up paddle boards. Swan boats. Canoe rentals. Kayaks. Duffy rentals. Okay, you absolutely can, can rent boats they are not speed boats. They are like party barges. Oh, that makes sense. The uh, party barges are the pedal pubs of the water. Correct. But if you, you know, for a motored boat, that you would have to be in like Travis for. But, you know, you didn't know what kind of boat I was on, which is to say none, because I was not on a boat this weekend. Yes, you were looking at wolves now of course a lot of people were on boats this weekend some of which were not on my instagram list because i would not associate with these people (laughs) and in fact made waves haha on Uh national on national news because of what happened Uh, i would like to walk you through my experience with what i'm calling boat parade 2020 uh so there. I want to create for you an image in which I contrast the qualities of my life, of which I am accustomed to and enjoy, uh, with the qualities of the lives of others, which I find detestable, but they probably enjoy. Uh, 
over the Labor Day weekend, I believe two people, one of whom is a QAnon conspiracy theorist, and the other one, I believe, uh, is currently being charged with texting someone that they would kill them, uh, organized in a Facebook group a Make America Great Again parade over Labor Day. Uh, and it's one of those things on the internet. It's a real, like, MAGA parade on Area 51 because it started as, like, a small thing and then it grew into uh, not, like, a nationwide thing, but in, in multiple cities, people got it in their heads that they were going to have, like, a, a pro-Trump parade slash rally, which eventually morphed into we will have a boat parade. Does that make sense so far? Yes. So... Me and Allison, Allison and I, uh, we went downtown for a period of time during the Labor Day weekend. And I knew this parade thing was going on because in the local news, they were talking about all these boats that are going to be on Lake Travis. And that sucks. Um, but that day that we were going to go downtown and check into our hotel, we stopped to get a a vegan hamburger at a food truck because you know how we live and there was a biplane and allison said oh look a biplane and i thought oh a biplane how quaint how nice um and i noticed that it was one of the least respectable the most detestable biplanes in the world because it is a biplane that carries a message. I think that if you are someone who pilots a biplane simply for the enjoyment of it, that is noble. Um, but if you prostitute your biplane with a banner, come on. Uh, and, and this banner, which was backwards, so we had to try to figure out what it said, was like, Trump make America great again? Or Trump hyphen make America great again? Uh, and that really cast a pall on lunch. <laughs> uh, just that one symbol really, really bummed me out for lunch. Uh, because I was like, oh no, I thought they were just going to be on the lake, which I will not be on, and I can avoid the uh, the psychic damage that will ensue from seeing these people on the lake. And then we drove downtown to go to our hotel, and there were multiple huge like Ford F250s driving around with big Trump 2020 banners laying on their horn just being obnoxious all over downtown because you know whatever company they work for that sells OSB to build nursing homes they were able to buy a Ford F250 and drive it around to own the libs uh so I was in a mood when we checked into our hotel spirits were low uh, all-time low. And then, blessing, the next day, I believe it was the next day, the news came out that four to five or five to six of the boats on Lake Travis had sunk. <laughs> and it was the one, really, there was no piece of news that day that would have given me the charge that I needed to burst out of that depressive episode like that. Uh, it was perfect. It was the most perfect piece of news I could have received. It's certainly an interesting thing that happened, John. As somebody who witnessed it from a very removed distance and that I saw my town being reported online for events that I could not see, I got a... There's a kitty 
Yeah, let me let me go do something about her. Oh, I'll she's fine. She's fine. I just have to let her in or she's going to do that the whole episode. Okay. Hello, baby. Yes, you like being inside. You love it. Now, don't say anything. <laughs> okay, we're back. Okay. Uh, what were you saying? Do you remember? Yeah, I got it. Okay. There's a breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, uh, let me let Be- me pat her until she lays down. Bean wants to talk. Bean's very talkative today, and not being kind to me. Are you gonna? Okay, she's she's good. And. All right. There's a <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> All right, maybe I should clap. Do you want to? Do you want to? Okay, okay, okay. You don't want to be touched, but you do want to scream. Okay, you clap. There's a breakdown that I saw remotely that kind of filled me with a devilish grin. Uh, the boat parade was scheduled to start at 12 noon, let's say on Saturday, because I can't remember the day. By 12.15, there were calls to the police, help, we're taking on water, we need a rescue, our boat is sinking. Oh. 15 minutes is all it took for the first victims to be claimed that day, John. It. It was so amazing because the reason why they started sinking was because large boats started creating wakes by driving around like assholes that upset the waters in Lake Travis and caused them to sink. So a a number of large, uncaring individuals, um, by their destructive actions done for the sake of enjoyment and freedom, led to everyone having a bad time and creating a, a national incident on the news. It's like there's no better metaphor. I was about to say, the metaphors can make themselves those with larger boats and more powerful sort of things made a bad time for the vast majority of people in much smaller boats. So you can draw parallels to, like, the ultra-wealthy making a bad time for all of us day laborers. You could you could draw parallels between if you really wanted to get on the ad hominem attack, Trump supporters not caring about people around them and just powering through and destroying people with their wake. I mean, you could keep going with metaphors, and they would all apply not only to the boat situation but to the present day status of these here United States. I mean, life doesn't serve you up such easy metaphors usually, so you have to appreciate them when they happen. One thing that I would like to say about the the boat parade, uh, and I have to be clear, I'm not saying boat parade because the what they had was a boat parade. Uh, oh, you're, now, you've been saying boat parade? No, boat parade. Boat parade. Boat parade. It was a boat Bo- parade. A boat parade. Boat parade. Boat parade. Uh, it's like Gatorade, but boper. <laughs> Boper, Boperade, Boperade. Okay, Boperade. What? Okay, you, you've been saying that the whole time. Yeah, they were having a Boperade, and the one thing that I think that people uh, might worry about or might not even think about is uh, for these boats that sink, 
And I don't know about you, but I'm not a member of a, of a wealthy bourgeois ruling class, so I don't really know what boat rules are. Uh, I know how to be in a boat, but I don't know much more than that. Uh, for boats that sink, it is actually a very difficult process to deal with a sunken boat. Because a lot of people on Twitter were like, oh, these people probably have a ton of insurance. They'll just get a new boat. Not so, because if you just sink a boat, uh, people are not cool with that, especially like a wildlife and fisheries. They will continue to charge you an extraction fee, which means the longer that your sunken boat stays out there, the more it costs you because you haven't removed a harmful piece of detritus from the water. That's pretty interesting. I thought it was going to be like salvage rules where anyone who can salvage it gets to keep it. I think if it ends up out of the water somehow, then they stop charging you the extraction fee. I don't know if someone can like come by and and do like uh do like scuba pirate rules and just take the boats. <laughs> it's like if uh if you abandon a house and someone like pays taxes on it for 3 years while you don't pay taxes, they get your house automatically. Right. And uh I'm just learning that uh oh, I, I don't know how to Yeah, okay. I'm just learning that Lake Travis can go up to a depth of 210 feet. So we're talking, you know, that's that's a lot of feet. Yeah, that's a sign. I let me just do let me just do some sunken boat extraction costs googling. Oh, it's just a lot of things about sunk costs. Well, I guess this is literally <laughs> a sunk cost. Sunken if you costs. know what I mean. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good joke. Thank you for being on my podcast. Let me just tell you that there's so little information on the internet about boats. The top three results are Economics 101, what is a sunk cost, uh, what you should know about boat extraction, that's probably a good one, and then will tooth removal ruin my face? Massive facts from Dr. Gordon. (laughs) Well, Dr. Gordon sounds like he is in the right place. Dr. Gordon sounds like he has a job that would allow him to buy a boat, notably being a dentist or a doctor. Absolutely. Boat Parade. Boat Parade. You know, it's not every day we can cheer for a sinking ship. I mean, I I celebrate the Titanic's anniversary. Celebrate as in you honor it or you actively cheer uh, because the fact that it sank. I watch the movie Titanic, and then when the Titanic starts sinking, I start clapping. And then if anyone sees me, I say, no, I'm not clapping for the movie or the artistry of James Cameron. I'm clapping because the Titanic sank. Wow. I'm glad that this happened, and no one can ever take that away from me. Now, in James Cameron's Titanic, you're clapping. John Cameron? No. What? I think I said John Cameron. I don't know what you said. Jeff Cameron. And Jeff Cameron's seminal classic. What does seminal mean? (laughs) What's happening? And Jeff Cameron's seminal classic, uh, Titanic, you start clapping when it begins to sink. That means, hold on, got to do a quick on-air fact check. Somebody must have the answer. Are you looking up when the boat starts sinking in Titanic? I want to know how long. So apparently, for those you you real heads you real head Titanic fans 
out there. You already know, apparently in real life, it took the Titanic two hours and 40 minutes to sink. I'm trying to see how long they show it sinking in the movie. I'm going to say about 40 minutes. Okay. You're clapping for 40 minutes straight. Yeah, at the end of it, my hands are raw nubs. Oh, no. You you clap your fingers straight off. Yeah, my fingers, my hands, because even with if I clap the fingers off, I still have the palms as a clapping surface. Right. Yeah, I clap I clap it I clap it into a pulp, baby. Well that's commendable. I don't know how to receive this news. I uh just to let you know, I get new hands installed every year on the anniversary of the Titanic's death. Deserved death. Deserved death, of course, because it deserved to be deft. Yeah, now keep in mind, I'm not clapping for the dead people, but just only the, for the dead boat. Just for the dead boat. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that when you're in the movie theater and people shoot you a look, you, you take the time to clarify uh, that you're just happy that the boat is sinking. I also want to make it abundantly clear that, yes, this does happen in a movie theater, because every May 31st, I rent an entire movie theater to play Jeff Cameron's Titanic in its entirety. I sell tickets just so people can watch me clap at the Titanic dying every year. This is a lot to take in about you, John. <laughs> I did not know this. It's a hobby. <laughs> I guess I can't judge a man based on what he does in his spare time. Is that a saying? <laughs> I, I just want to make it clear that these two incidents don't... I'm not happy about the boats sinking in Lake Travis because I have a hatred of boats. My hatred of the Titanic is separate. I don't care about any other boat. People have tried to make me care, and I never have and never will. The only other boats I have cared about have been the MAGA boats that sank. I want to be abundantly clear. So just for the sake of hypothetical, if you were around during the time predating the Spanish-American War and it came out that Spain sunk the main, you wouldn't be moved to go to war against Spain because they sunk the main? I wouldn't have cared. I total ambivalence to all boats except one boat and then one group of four to six boats. Now, I hear what you're saying, but as another hypothetical, let's flash forward a couple of decades and let's say it's before America got involved in World War I and the Lusitania is sunk by German U-boats. Would that move you in any one way or another that the Lusitania... Uh, supposedly a passenger ship that might have been carrying cargo aimed for our British allies. Would would you care about that boat? I would care about the loss of life. However, I would not care about the loss of the boat's life. I would have been totally ambivalent. All right. So it literally just is the Titanic and this group of boats that sunk in 2020 Labor Day on Lake Travis. I will say when that Spanish cruise liner did tip over and get stuck on a coral reef, I did feel something, but the spark did not last very long. That is good to note, and I'm glad, you know, I thank you for your candor and your honesty. I'm glad we got down to this mystery of uh, what boats John cares about their sinking versus other boats that 
also sank. Yeah, so this this ends the first and final installment of our segment, What Boats Does John Care About? And, you know, uh, rest in peace, all you boats that we just talked about. May you lie on the bottom of the ocean accruing just more and more fees for the people who own them because, you know, they should know that they shouldn't have been there. It's in the middle of a pandemic and you're going to fill boats full of people and, and just go them all out there. There were so many boats. They had helicopter shots, John. I saw helicopter shots and I got flashbacks of watching Apocalypse Now, you know? I mean, if only someone had dropped some napalm on those boats. Parody. That is a parody. That is, that parody. is a parody. That is a parody. John is not suggesting a war crime be committed on civilians. He would never say that. That is a parody that someone else in the past has said, and I cannot remember who. I am merely paraphrasing them for parody. And speaking of lost, John, we've got some more mourning to do. Because as you see, the global pandemic that is the coronavirus has claimed three more victims as of today. Oh, well, three victims in a day. That's a that's a, a lot better than it's been doing the last few weeks. It's been like hundreds of hundreds, thousands a day. These victims are not human beings, John. No, they are human corporations. Oh, so human beings, people. People, if you will. But these three you know, people. You know, Citizens United. Right. They, uh, these three people represent the aims, goals, and collections of so many investment bankers and and CEOs, and we need to mourn at least two of their losses. We need to mourn one of their losses and make fun of the other two. Uh, I'm very excited for this. <laughs> You're very excited to mock the dead, and so am I, because on Tuesday, the board of directors for the parent company of Lubies and Fuddruckers approved a plan to liquidate both restaurants. That's right. The Texas cafeteria-based restaurant Lubies and apparently what turns out to be a Texas-based burger chain called Fuddruckers have approved a plan to liquidate all of their assets in a form of declaring bankruptcy. This is a terrible blow to children everywhere who would see the name Lubies or Fuddruckers and laugh or feel embarrassed in saying either of the two names because they both sounded kind of dirty and you could say them even though your parents told you not to curse. Exactly. How will we get away with saying sort of close, it sounds dirty words, but upon closer inspection, it's just nonsense. You know, it's really sad because in the the seminal movie Idiocracy, uh, Fuddruckers was like the major restaurant chain. It was the only one that survived. And it turns out that the, the future is not set in stone, John, because here we have Luby's Inc., liquidating their assets, and they could distribute approximately $92 million to $123 million to its stockholders, then dissolve the company. But what'll happen to the dozens of lubies spread across Texas? 
Well, this article is only listing the ones in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for some reason, uh, but presumably they would be closed. Is this going to be like a... Is this going to be an utball? What's an utball? So, you know, like an utbath. What's an utbath? It's a used-to-be-a-pizza-hut. It's a specific kind of architectural school. It's, it's, a, it's architectural archaeology where you can look at a building and know because of the architectural style that it used to be a pizza hut. Are there now going to be uh, like Mount Funs or trampoline parks or used gym equipment stores where we can say that's an utball. That's a used to be a Luby's. Right. I think there's going to be some ut ut ruckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, ut ruckers. Uh, but as for an uh, Ubi's, I, I I don't know. I, I could easily see a Golden Corral taking over that space. It's very similar, and people would be would be you know used to that sort of restaurant being in that location. But as for the the Utruckers go, you know that could be used for any it, it, you know it's counter service and it's got a kitchen, but all that could be taken out and. It's kind of just a plain brick building with some purple purple things that can be painted over. So really, you might be able to see some Udruckers around the Texas area. Now, of course, we do know the fate that is going to befall all Fuddruckers, which is they are the next in the long line of businesses that succumb to the Dave and Buster's virus. Absolutely. They will be turned into Dave and Buster's Expresses. Yeah, smaller, more streamlined Dave and Buster's experiences. They've got three, they've got three giant Flappy Bird machines, one horrified waitress, and <laughs> fifty kind of hedge fund now, fifty kind of middle management bros. Yeah, yeah, all that's what it's around one Flappy Bird machine. That's and what it's going to be. Drinking G and Ts. I'll drink a G&T's that costs $15 a pop. On now, a here's, Wednesday. <laughs> here's something I did learn. Uh, Luby's CEO and president is Christopher Pappas, who, whose name you might know, John. Uh, because oh, he Pappas Fried Chicken? <laughs> he is also the CEO and co- co-owner of Pappas Restaurants, the Texas company that operates Papado Seafood Kitchen, Papacito's Cantina, Papa Bro's Steakhouse, and more. I hate the naming convention, and also, from what I understand, from people, yourself included, uh, Papa Do's is a garbage-awful restaurant. It is a very mediocre offering of food that they claim is inspired by New Orleans cuisine, only in name only, and in no, no cooking technique whatsoever. So to the end of Luby's and to the end of Fuddruckers, we say good riddance, get out. We look forward to your Ut-Ubies and your Ut-Ruckers, your, your new replacements of what is sure to be better ventures. Now, wasn't, uh, remember when Lizzo came to Austin back in like October of 2019 and the two restaurants she went to was the Torchy's Tacos and Papa Doe? Uh, I do not remember this. Please go on. No, that's it. That's that's the that's the tweet, baby. That I'm okay. A, I'm a blue so she, tweeter. That's the tweet. Lizzo blessed two restaurants that day, 
And yeah, so the pop came to Austin, which has amazing food that is not hard to Google, and went to Torchies and Papado. If, if you're trying to not Torchies tacos right now, we're about to throw hands. I am absolutely knocking Torchies tacos. Okay, we're going to throw hands. Torchy Tacos is delicious. I've went there once. It was pretty good. Their Mexican margaritas are okay, but you could go to any other place in Austin that's not a Torchy's. But Torchy's is an Austin original. Yeah, but you could go to other places, other cooler places, like Name uh, a cooler place. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) I will agree that she could have gone anywhere better than than Papado. We found a place called Mutons, which is pretty good. There's a place called Pacific Star, which is pretty good. You can find, if you're looking for seafood in Austin, one, what are you doing? And two, you can find really good local places that are like, they got New Orleans in the name. That's, you know, they're easy to find, like you said. And I get what you're saying about Torchy's Tacos. If you're looking for like authentic Mexican cuisine, you can definitely find that and not like the... The yuppie taco formula. Look, I'm just saying the next artist who comes to Austin and they end up going to like Velvet Taco and like Jinya Ramen, get out of town. Right. Uh, Jinya's actually okay. Yeah. Get out of here with your Velvet Taco. Get out of here, Velvet Taco. It was okay. Yeah, it's it's okay. Um, But John, if if, if you remember, I said there was one institution one loss that we're going to mourn oh no that's right one uh, uh, an, an institution of austin culture a mainstay it's closing after its doors being open for 35 years john i think i know which one you're talking about i'm talking of course of cap city comedy club it is closed oh i thought you were gonna say veggie heaven I don't know what that is, but one of Austin's premier comedy clubs has hosted its last laugh. That's really sad. That's a uh, I I never went. The greatest one of the one of the greater sadnesses about uh about what's going on is businesses close that I always intended to go to. Absolutely, me too. Uh, before COVID, I thought we had, you know, unlimited amounts of time. There will be time enough to go to I Love Video, Vulcan Video, Capital City Comedy Oh my Club. God, I loved I Love Video. That one really got me. There, there was time enough for all these things and more. Magnolia Cafe and some other places, some other restaurants. But no, the bell tolls for these and they'll toll for thee too. And in a love letter written by the uh, the comedy club, they announced that they are closing after 35 years, and they they reminisced about some of the good times, from Bill Hicks' live recordings to Patton Oswalt's Werewolves and Lollipops to Ari Schaffer's Netflix special to Matt Bairden's Punch shows to Dale Bob with Matt's sideshow podcast. The Magic of Maria Bamford, Ron White's Poppins for Tune-Ups, to the, ro- the, the, to, to, the, to the Rise of Leanne Morgan, to the Moon Tower Special Events, Doug Benson, the yearly JFL slash Montreal showcases, 
And of course, to our crowning glory, FPIA, funniest person in Austin, and seeing LaShonda Lester crowned at last. It has always been our mission to shine a light on, provide a space for, and celebrate our extraordinary Austin comedy scene, the best in the country. It's very sad. They end this this long letter, which I absolutely encourage people to seek out and read in full. They say, we aren't crying, you're crying. Actually, we have not stopped crying. So live stand-up in Austin will be reignited at some point, and please support. Cap City may be back, but different. In the meantime, thank you to all the comedians, agents, our wonderful Austin Arts Media, our partners at Moon Tower Comedy Festival, KLBJ, the Interabang, the Cosmics Comic, the Comics Comic, our friends at Netflix and Comedy Central, and everyone that has made this such a proud and magical experience. Thank you for an amazing 35 years. And now they are gone. I think there's two things, two big things to take away from this. And I've maybe said both of them before. Um, but this is one that I've been feeling particularly strongly lately. Uh, I don't know that there's going to be like a a return to normal after all this is over. Uh, I don't really know what that'll look like. I know there will be a return to some kind of normalcy. Uh, we will be able to be in public. We will be able to see people again. Um, but something I've been feeling very strongly is we don't have time. Right. Like if, if this has shown us anything, we don't have time to waste because there are a number of places in Austin that I will never go to now that always I meant to go to. And there was always just something else or I just didn't feel like it or I didn't want to be particularly adventurous that day. Uh, we, we don't have time to visit these businesses in life. Even if everything was normal, we never really had the time we thought we did to patronize businesses and have certain experiences. And sometimes a global pandemic can take it all away from you for months or forever. So you you don't have time to wait to do stuff. You don't. This is the this is the perfect example of this. Everyone who's like 30 was under the impression that we all had this unlimited amount of time that we could do whatever we wanted and the healthcare system for the most part as long as we were like middle or upper class would kind of take care of us and we had more than enough time to do everything we wanted to do. We don't. We straight up don't. Things are transient. Things are passing in the night. Things are clouds that just dissipate in the sky. To quote an old adage, there is no time like the present, not the current present, but when the current present becomes a better situation, there will be no time like the present to finally do something you've been putting off. Because John is absolutely right. Uh, There is no time. There is no later. We don't know what's coming later. We don't know what later will be. No one living in the year 2019 knew that, you know, later would be a very different place, a virtual hellscape full of Zoom calls and social distancing and comedy clubs closing. So absolutely do that thing you're putting off. It's so easy to get comfortable in your own 
habits. And to give you a for instance, like I'm very much a homebody. I like being at home. I sometimes allow that to persuade myself from not going out and doing things because I like it at home. Home is great. But now that things are closing that I would like to have gone to, it's kind of like, well, maybe I shouldn't have stayed home. Maybe we could have seen a a show or gone to, you know, Funniest Person in Austin, one of those competitions. Maybe that would have been fun, you know, or at least we could say we did it before it was closed forever. You just never know what's going to happen. So you might as well do the thing. I, I mean, to some degree in our lives, the most pleasurable thing we can do is just accumulate experiences. And it's sobering when doors just shut forever, especially if it was a door to something you had considered doing. And you have to sit with yourself and say, that's an experience I'll just truly never have again. I can't. Yeah. You, you know, we're not used to people saying, no, you can't do that. It's gone. Because we, we grew up in, you know, the 90s, which was very much a, a time of like possibilities. Technology was changing every day. New things were opening up. Jobs were being created. Computers were exploding onto the scene. We grew up in a time of veritable opportunity. And now for the first time in our lives, besides, you know, the housing crash, we're experiencing a time where people are saying, no, you can't do that because it's gone forever. And I I feel like this is a really big wake up to be like, hey, especially with both of us, you know, now me turning 30 a week ago, you being 30 for quite some time. I say quite some time, like a year before me, uh, you know, here's our wake up call. You got to do stuff. You got to do it now while you can. And you can't wait till later because you don't know if that later is going to be there. I think that at the end of all of this, I, I don't know. I was talking to Allison about this, just uh, kind of theorizing about the kind of trauma that we're going to carry from living through this time. Uh, and I don't know if this counts as a trauma. I think it's just a truth. Is the realization that, like, I don't know, things just aren't going to wait for me once all this is over. They're certainly not waiting now, and they never were. But I felt like I had all the time in the world, and I don't. So, yeah. I don't know how to, like, neatly neatly tie that thought up. It's horrifying. But I think we're all kind of starting to realize it. I don't think anyone's, like, sitting at home being like, <laughs> hashtag core, having a having a fun time. I'm such a small burrito in my blanket. Like, I, I think we're all starting to settle into certain existential realizations about how we want to live our lives. It's certainly not, you know... If I'm going to stay in my apartment for months at a time, I would want that to be a choice I made and not just a default selection made by the fact that if I go out, I could catch a deadly disease and die. So, yeah, I I kind of get what you're saying. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, makes you think. It really makes you think, and I think that's the neatest bow we can tie on this. You know, other than to kind of start nitpicking the things we're saying and you know, start with the uh, disclaimers. Like we're not saying change your entire life. We're not saying certainly you need to rush out right this second and go see tenant and theaters, because I feel like that's a stupid choice to make right now. We're just saying when things blow over, maybe if you are facing the options of staying in and watching one of John Mulaney's comedy specials for the 40th time, 
or going to a concert of a band that you kind of sort of like, maybe go to the concert. Maybe don't stay in. Maybe go to a venue or a new restaurant that you've never been before rather than than staying in the same tire treads of the routes you've taken so many times before. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone needs – there's never a need to totally change your life. And I don't think anyone who's like – what you need to do is go out and live your life because that's not true. Uh, but I do think that people have a pretty good barometer for when they're living in accordance with their values. And if you find yourself or found yourself more often living in a way that's not in alignment with your values, maybe once this is all over, uh, change that. Listen to your heart more. Right. Like that one song says. Yeah. Um, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. Right. He goes like, listen to your heart. Yeah, I don't know it. Um, The other thing I was going to say is... A lot of this wouldn't be happening happening if uh, people actually gave assistance to small businesses and not airlines and did more than give you $1,200 of your own money to live out six months of a pandemic. But whatever, let's not get into that. Right. We're... You know, got to quickly gloss over the fact that a lot of these institutions, you know, maybe Lubies and Fuddruckers, notwithstanding, but a lot of these institutions like Vulcan Video and I Love Video and Capital City Comedy Club might have been, you know, benefited more from these these business aimed loans rather than your Chase banks and these other large like Ruth Chris Steakhouse these large conglomerates that receive this federal assistance money, even though they've got millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Maybe if, uh, maybe if these small businesses had actually gotten some of these small business loans, we would, we wouldn't be in the situation. Or maybe if you put like a rent stoppage in effect, or maybe if you, I don't know, gave like a, an extra thousand dollars to the people who run them. Maybe they could have made an extra month's worth of rent and that would have made a difference. Maybe if anyone in power had done any fucking thing other than the first thing they did, right. maybe we'd be in a better spot. Absolutely. And, and like my, my thinking, like I'm such a, a non-capitalist, like, They've been in the same spot for 35 years. Certainly they, you know, there should be some sort of camaraderie between them and the holding company that owns the property that they, they've been at. You, you know, you, you would think, like, oh, you've been with us for 35 years and this is a pretty rough year. We're going to give you a stay on your lease or whatever so that, you know, you maybe when this all blows over, you can start making payments again. But absolutely not. No, they're going to close, you know. We're going to shut you down because you can't own You can't make your, your rent payment, your lease payment. And uh, we're going to get a new tenant in here that can make the rent during the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, capitalism is just a chainsaw with googly eyes and a wig on it. Like, if you squint, you're like, oh, that's a person. And then, like, when you try to approach the chainsaw and you get cut to a million pieces, you're like, oh, it was never anything more than a chainsaw. Oh, man, I wish I could have known that before I got diced to shreds. There were all these people telling me that was a person. So I went to go embrace the person. It turns out it was a chainsaw. And it could have never been anything other than a chainsaw. 
You know, I, I really got behind this defund the police movement and, you know, I really still believe in it. But at some point, I feel like we should start defunding landlords, and I don't know what defund means. I mean, yeah, it, it's tough because landlords are, for the most part, small business owners unless they're like weird holding companies. I don't know, man. Uh, landlords only exist because people are not appropriately apportioned land. Yeah. People used to are be not given places to live. People <laughs> don't have affordable housing. People don't have assigned housing. Like we land became a commodity, and then the first person who can buy that land or has the means to purchase it can exploit the labor of the people who rent it. It, it used to be, you know, you could get some land, like a, a large amount of acres, acres, you know, just you know, maybe pennies on the dollar. And then you would risk your life and limb getting there. You know, you would stake your claim out in Oregon. And then you would travel the entirety of the continental United States. And if you could get there, you could get that land. And it seems today like getting land or getting buildings is just a matter of like just having enough money. But I feel like we should set up challenges. Like, yeah, you could buy this New York City apartment building. But first... We're going to drop you in, like, Baja, California, and you got to make your way all the way to New York City by this date to sign the papers to buy the building. Also, you're on your own. Good luck. If you make it, you get the building. It's, it's irritating to me because if you look at, like, the amount of work that the people who ran Cap City Comedy Club put in versus the amount of work that whatever like real estate company or whatever like rate that the building was part of, they put in infinitely more work to deliver infinitely more things than whoever just squatted on the mortgage to that building. Yeah, absolutely. You know, all the people they named, all the, all the comics that did their shows there. And then, you know, working with comedy central and Netflix, like that's wheeling and dealing and there were 17 co-owners, you know? It, it's it's it was just a, unbelievable. It was a ver- veritable team of people all wheeling and dealing, getting big names booked and securing the art that they're very passionate about. And, and that, you know, and really, when I think of it, I can't name another stand-up comedy club in Austin. I can name improv theaters, but, like, a lot of big names, I guess they'll they'll book a bigger theater or like a theater in general. So as far as like comedy clubs, Cap City Comedy was one of like the biggest names. Yeah, there's like the Velveeta Room and stuff, but Cap City is like the one. Cap City is the dedicated comedy club. Yeah, and now it's gone forever. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, once all this is over, who knows how many of these businesses will still be standing. People forget that uh, early projections said that if this thing went on for six months, that maybe a quarter of all small businesses would still be open. Yeah, and here we are, basically six months later. Yeah, it's uh, frightening. Things are going to get least. things are going to get real ugly real soon. Yeah, it's uh, we're going to see some pretty nasty downstream effects of all this. Within the next month or two, unless something happens. So let's just cross our fingers and hope so. Yeah. Because that's really all we can do. You're right. It's not like I can swoop in and save them. Well, I don't have that. I don't have that kind of money. I am a wealthy benefactor. 
Oh, do you wanna you wanna you wanna join my Patreon? Uh, no. Oh, we have a close personal relationship. I cannot be a benefactor to you, but I do have scads of money. Scads? Scads. How much is scads? A lot. Like more than four? It's a lot. It's in coins. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What type of coins? Like doubloons? Uh, gold coins. Did you find old man Willie's treasure? I don't want to say one way or the other where my wealth came from, but I can say a little birdie told me, and that birdie was on a weather-worn treasure map that I pried from his widow's clutches. Jesus Christ, what? (laughs) The bird's clutches? Okay, so, you know what? Yes. For the sake of argument. The bird passed away and left a tremendous treasure. The bird is a metaphor. Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin. No, Josh Gad. Wait, how's Josh Brolin a bird? Oh, he was in the Goonies. Oh, you're right. He was. He was, um, 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 uh, the goon. Yeah, he was the, yeah, not the knees. Yeah, there, there were. T- it's like a Turner and Hooch situation. The Goonies is about the goon and knees. Right, sidekick. Knees was all of the children. Yeah, all the children were knees, and he was the goon. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Also, I we, think Sean Astin's in that. Yeah, he's a Frodo. <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. Mr. Poppins, are we going to put the ring in the... Where's Mr. Poppins? Have you never seen Lord of the Rings? I... This is a trick question. Mr. Poppins, are we going to take the ring and make ourselves invisible, Mr. Poppins? I... (laughs) Grandolf, it's me, (laughs) Smigel. What? It's happening right Grandolf. now. <laughs> Give Smigel his pork. What is happening? Have you never seen Lord of the Rings? I've seen it's Lord of the Rings. Pretty strongly in the public consciousness. I've seen Lord of the Rings. You cannot go. Right, that's what Grandolf says to the yeah. behemoth. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I just I guess I forgot that line about Mr. Poppins, are we gonna do the ring thing? Yeah, he's he, it's Mr. Poppins, are we gonna put the ring in a fire? And then are we right, gonna make ourselves right. invisible? Right, yeah. From the Iroc- you know, from the first one. And there's Ear of Corn who becomes the king. Yeah, Ear of Corn becomes the king. Yeah, okay. And it's it's from the third one. Lord of the Rings Ear of Corn becomes the king. Yeah. You know, like you think they would get you, you know, they're giving it away, but it's really shocking when Ear of Corn gets the crown. There's there's three movies. The first one is Lord of the Rings 1 A New Hope. The first one is of course Lord of the Rings 2 The Twin Towers. Wait, you and said then- the first one twice? <laughs> There's the second one, Lord of the Rings 2, The Twin Towers. Okay. And then there's Lord of the Rings 3, Ear of Corn Becomes the King. Right, yeah. Journey of the King. Journey of the King, yeah. 
I, for one, love the extended edition, which takes a full day to watch each one. Yeah, every one is... It's like a season of 24. They take place in real time. Yep. Every, yeah, every movie is 24 hours, and there's a clock ticking in the corner. And what's really interesting is they, 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 they just took the you know the sound effect from the from the show 24 and that's playing every second of the movie yeah at the same volume of talking and music some fans don't like it cuz you miss vital pieces of dialogue because you know the you know the, the ticking of the seconds is just as loud as you know grandolf saying you cannot go but it was a it was a strong artistic choice, and you have to respect the artistic choices of of the director Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, be very clear. <laughs> I think it's very clear that between the two of us, we have both watched Lord of the Rings, and that's indisputable. You cannot argue. Uh, yeah, this is pre recorded. You cannot, as a matter of fact, argue. You could write something to us in yeah, like a you comment could section. Like, you could send us something. You could do that, but you wouldn't because to do so would be kind of foolish because we've already proven that we have both watched Lord of the Rings. I could name all the characters. Give me three. Uh, I want to say, of course, we are. So we already established Grandolf and Ear of Yeah, Corn. all the all the ones we've said don't count. Oh, okay. So those don't count. In addition to that, I can't even say Schmeigel like you said. Okay. Three oh, more. Snigel. <laughs> right. Sorry. I mis- mispronounced it. You know. So you've got um, Legless. He's like Legless. A, Legless, the, you know, the, the smelter. Uh-huh. And um, there's a Gimpy. Gimpy. He's like, uh, he's a dwarf. And then, of course, my favorite character, the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, the Peanut Butter, the peanut butter Falcon is... Uh... In the movie. He's the king of, pe- of the Falcons. A lot of people think, you know, Peanut Butter Falcon starring Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson. You know, what What a good thing. They lifted that straight out of Lord of the Rings. Well, here's the thing. It's actually like an alien Prometheus kind of situation. Is They're both in the same universe. Oh, I, I might need to rewatch the Peanut Butter Falcon again. I think I missed that. Yeah, you have to watch the director's cut. It's 24 hours long. Right, of course. Oh, well, that links it up directly, right? Yeah, it's you have to pay attention to the details, but it is there. My favorite part of Lord of the Rings is when Legolas turns to Gimpy and says, "Hey, I too can count." My favorite part is uh, they're they're up they're they're up against a wall at the Battle of Deep Helmet, and Legolas and Gimpy they're back to back. They're fighting. They're fighting the. The, they're fighting the Irks, and he says, "Would you? I don't want to." Legless says, "I don't want to die with a dwarf." And then Gimpy says, "But would you die with a dwarf?" It's pretty great. Yeah, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, yeah. The the one I quoted, I think, comes later, and it's like I too can count, and he kills like a couple more people. And you think he would say, like, that's more people I'm counting. But instead, they just move on. It's really great. It's very subtle. Yeah, the movies are all about 
subtlety. And once again, we cannot make this more clear that you can't argue unless you were to engage with us in some way, which you cannot do to the best of my knowledge. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm getting, you, you know, I'm getting word, John, from my headset where the producer speaks into my ear, I guess, ostensibly. I don't know why I would explain that bit, that uh, they, in fact, can contact us. What? Right. I'm get- So the producer in my ear, who ostensibly has been there the entire time, in fact, I feel like we might have made reference to this before, is saying that there are a number of ways they can contact to us. And he's also saying that it's my week to say how people can get in touch with us. What? In fact, he's saying that if you want to send us a quick correctional tweet about any of what he's calling the mistakes we just said about Lord of the Rings, weird word choice on his part, uh, you can send us a tweet on twitter.com at ZCPCWHJ. And he's telling me that you, John, know what that stands for. That's right. It stands for that noise that John just made. Now, another producer who is a woman, uh, and she's telling me I should say that just to show that we have a diversified staff here at Zero Credits, and it's not just a male-dominated space. She is telling me that you can send us a longer message if you want uh, via an, an email to email at zerocredits.net and she's saying that you could tear us apart because we apparently got uh, only a little bit right about Lord of the Rings and uh, you know that's I'm just telling you what she's telling us uh, oh now they're they're kind of talking to each other I've got one of my left ear one of my right it sounds like they're both saying at the same time that uh, we are also on Spotify. And you can search for us in the Spotify section of in the podcast section of Spotify, but you have to type in zero credit open parenthesis S close parenthesis to find us. And uh, we're also on Apple Podcast. You can search for zero credit, zero credit podcast. We should show up. And uh, uh, Samantha, who is in my left ear, is saying that you can leave a review there. And uh, uh, Jordan, who's in my right ear, is saying you can also subscribe to the podcast. And now they're both saying that both of those actions are equally good because that's how we rise in the ranks and get more popular. And that just allows us to do more things with the podcast. And thanks to everyone who's done that so far. You guys are great. Oh, whoa. Oh, breaking news. Oh, a third voice. Some type of... Some type of androgynous voice is now beaming directly into my mind and saying that the most important thing that anyone could do, they're saying word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell a friend, tell someone who's on the mend, and then they'll tell their health care providers and their health care providers will tell more people who are on the mend. Maybe this is not a direction I should have taken at this time, but here we are. Uh, that's the only way we can survive. Please tell somebody, Zero Credits Podcast, we are at least an adequate time. That's right. We're better than listening to silence most of the time. I agree with and, that. And, 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 can I get a clean and? 
Yeah, sure. Can you just give me the space for me to say a clean hand? I'll, I'll, I'll give you the space. Here, here we go. I'll count you down to the space. Okay. Three, two, one, eh. go. <clears throat> uh, okay. I don't know whose fault uh, that one was. Um, do, do you want another take on that? Yeah, I, just a clean and, and then I'll just kind of roll and we'll... Right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, I, I, everyone, everyone, okay, well, we got it. We're going to do a clean and. Uh, you, yeah. go when, you go when you're ready. Okay. Just to reiterate, you just go whenever you're ready. Just to reiterate, you know, you just, you take it when you want. All right, here we go. I got a big thumbs up in the booth. Okay. And... I'm going to be completely silent so you can get your clean and. Great. Okay, so here we go. Three, two, and that was good. That was that was pretty good. From everyone here at the Zero Credits Sound Recording Studio, is that what the bit was? We want to wish you a happy week. And from everyone here in my head, I just want to say goodbye. 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 Good. Bye. Goodbye. 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 Good. Goodbye. I clapped. You can't say goodbye anymore. Good. Goodbye. Clapping. Clapping. Goodbye. Clapping for edit points. Goodbye. All right. Goodbye. Trying to get a ticket to the boat parade. I appreciate the voters for coming. Boat parade. Boat parade. Gonna meet a lady at the boat parade. Forgot my shoes at home and now my feet are turning gray. Missing grandma's birthday for the boat parade. 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 Also, it looks like you're having a good time, and the whole world is watching. Boat parade, 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 boat parade. Um, uh, that podcast became fun eventually.